Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. phone number right now. We won't be taking calls for a while. So we're going to start at the top here. We're going to start at the beginning. Now, May 25th, a year ago, we all saw that video. And we were all appalled by that video. All of us. I don't think there was any question, as we talked about the other day, that this uh, former officer was going to be found guilty of one form of murder or another. And I am quite surprised that he was found guilty on all three charges. But certainly he wasn't going to escape responsibility. So the Minnesota law is written a certain way. The charges were made. The jury trial took place and he was convicted. Now, I want to mention a couple things about this. That process that took place in that courtroom, ladies and gentlemen, that process that took place in that courtroom was set up by our founding fathers. The founding fathers of the various states and the founding fathers of the nation. Everybody's saying the system works. I heard Keith Ellison, the Attorney General of Minnesota, turn this into a left-wing, systemic problem speech, which it's not. In fact, the prosecutors in this case were very careful not to condemn all police and not to get into systemic police privilege or whatever they call it. They avoided it altogether, as they should have. 
and they would have muddied up their case. So we don't need to hear from the politicians. I don't need to hear from Al Sharpton. I don't need to hear from Keith Ellison. Joe Biden, I'll get to him in a minute. Two people who are so thrilled tonight that there was a complete conviction on every count, and at least for now, there isn't rioting, are Joe Biden and Maxine Waters. Because what Biden did today and what Maxine Waters did the other day is simply appalling. Absolutely appalling. More on that in a moment. So we don't have the sentencing yet, but he's guilty on all counts, and he will spend a very, very long time in prison, perhaps the rest of his life, if not most of his life. And then when we hear, now we're going to move on to the Dante Wright case, the Adam Toledo case, as if they're all the same. As if they're all the same. Do you know murder in this country, in the major cities, is up 56%? Do you know the names of all those people who've been murdered? Why aren't they ever talked about? Why aren't their families ever talked about? Why doesn't the president call any of them? That is, their families. We never see them. We never hear them. We don't know who they are. I told you about Chicago last weekend. Twelve shootings, five deaths, including a little kid. Seven years old, murdered in her car while they're in a drive-thru at McDonald's. Police brutality is not what's killing people in the inner cities. People in the inner cities is what's killing people in the inner cities. I don't need to hear lectures from Attorney General Keith Ellison. That's a fact. And the other thing here is, a lot of these politicians who speak, they don't represent everybody in these communities. There was a Gallup poll done a year or two ago, I think. No, it was done in August. The vast majority of minorities, the vast majority of people of color in these communities want the police there and they want local police there. The vast majority of them. And a significant percentage want most of them. That is, more of them. So we have politicians who want to turn this into a war on the cops. They want to turn this into a systemic issue and want to turn this into a critical race theory issue. It's not. And that's why people get upset about this. A lot of Americans get upset about this. They want a cop like this convicted. And they want a cop like this to do time. But what they're not accepting is the broad brush attack on our police departments and the broad brush attack and push by the white privilege propaganda crowd. And yet there's no escaping it. This should not be used to advance a radical political agenda, whether it's defunding the police or slashing their budgets or talking about a white-dominated society. What just took place in that, that courtroom? There were white people on that jury. The lead prosecutor was a white guy. The judge was a white guy. 
The due process system there is a due process system that was supported by our founding fathers, whether of the state or the government, or the uh, federal government. And not a word is said about that. Nothing. This has nothing to do with the Dante Wright case or the Adam Toledo case. The way the left throws all these cases together to make their, their argument about the system. The slaughter that's going on in our cities has nothing to do with the cops. Everything to do with the people who are doing it. You can't watch that video over nine minutes with George Floyd and not get sick to your stomach. You can't. Begging for his life. We all talked about it. We heard parts of it. Played it here on the radio, on TV. Begging for his life. Saying he can't breathe. Calling out to his mother. And then watching the breath go out of this guy's lungs. I mean, you can't watch that. And draw any other conclusions. But then when you watch the rioters and the looters and the arsonists, it's a whole other story. You can't watch that either without being repulsed. You can't watch that either. I made notes to myself to listen to the Minneapolis mayor, Fry. He's a disgrace. Maxine Waters should be expelled from the House of Representatives. You know what happened today? The Republicans moved to censor her. Excuse me, to censure her. The Democrats blocked it. A motion to censure was blocked by the Democrats. The same Democrats who impeached Donald Trump, who said nothing like what Waters said. And went after that congressman for tweets and Facebook comments she made before she was even elected. Maxine Waters calls for violence all the time. And she's protected by the Democrat Party. She's protected by the Democrat Party. Joe Biden's comments today were appalling. He said it's not that big a deal because the jury was sequestered. No, it is a big deal. Now, I want to talk about that too. I have serious problems with the way this judge handled this case. I think the outcome was right in the sense that he was found guilty. I don't know if he should have been found guilty of all those counts. But it doesn't matter. The jury did what the jury did. And he clearly was guilty of taking George Floyd's life. Whether he contributed to it or didn't contribute to it, that's fine. What he did certainly resulted in his death. So don't call me and pretend it didn't. Don't call me and pretend it didn't. The defense had a hell of a time. And there's a reason for that. No matter what he was introducing. You can't put your knee on somebody's neck, the back of the neck, with their hands cuffed behind their back, put the full weight of your body on the back of the neck, and do it for over nine minutes. The guy's begging for his life. And just say, well, you know, that's the technique we use. No, it's not. 
No, it's not. That's why we don't have case after case after that. When you make an argument like that, you're playing right into the hands of Keith Ellison and others. These are one-off cases. No, that's not what cops do. That's not what cops do. They don't put their knees on the back of somebody's neck while they're handcuffed face down on the ground and stay there over nine minutes while somebody's pleading for their life. I don't know of another case. Certainly not familiar with it. So no, that is not appropriate or normal police conduct. So don't call this show and give me that BS. I don't want to hear it. You won't find a stronger support of the cops than me. But not of that. Period. It was wrong on May 25th. It's wrong today. Nonetheless, this jury should have been sequestered. I hear some of these former federal prosecutors and defense lawyers saying, well, at least by the time of the, of the right case, he should have sequestered. He should have sequestered this jury from day one. That's number one. Number two, which really ought to be number one, this trial should not have taken place in Minneapolis, period. So the, the jurisdiction should, not the jurisdiction, the location should have been moved. The jury should have been sequestered. I strongly believe this. It's not possible to expect jurors not to watch TV or text or read stuff like that. You want the most pristine system in place. Due process. That did not happen here. Do I think it's enough to overturn? No court's going to overturn this. No court. Furthermore, if you don't believe these riots and these mobs don't have some effect on what goes on in that courtroom, you're wrong. It certainly does. It absolutely does. Why do you think they're doing what they're doing? Why do you think these politicians are saying what they're saying? They are threatening the system. They are threatening the jurors. They are threatening the judge. They are threatening the system. That doesn't mean what took place in the courtroom wasn't just. What I'm saying was, people are praising this judge. I don't praise this judge. The location of this trial should have been moved. The jury should have been sequestered. It's that simple. And if not in this case, where the whole world is watching, where politicians are giving their opinions left and right, well then in what case should that happen? If not this case. And so we raised these issues, what, a couple of days ago? Last week, I don't remember. The days kind of come together to me. So the ultimate outcome shouldn't really surprise anybody who watched that video. Despite the best efforts of the defense, I hear the defense is being trashed. The defense did everything it could. It brought up everything it could. All kinds of extenuating circumstances, drugs... A big heart issue, narrowed vein. This is what defense counsel do. Okay, fine. I just thought the bar for the specific elements of the two bigger charges were very, very difficult to meet. But it doesn't matter what I thought. That, he was convicted on all three counts. He was never going to walk, period. Not with that video. And the video told us a lot. You can't close your eyes to it. Well, he had drugs. Well, he had enough breath in him. 
and enough wits about him to say, get your knee off my throat, you're killing me. I can't breathe. I want my mother. I'm dying. And no human being should have to go through that. None. No human being should have to face that. None. I can't even watch that video anymore. You know that? More when I return. Mark Lovin. I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty, and they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of constitutional thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.6 million Americans receive Imprimus for free every month. And you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it, too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com. There are no strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for Hillsdale to send Imprimus to you for no cost every month. So start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's Levin, L-E-V-I-N, for Hillsdale.com. Now, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are going to speak this evening or tonight about what transpired uh, in the courtroom. I don't think that's appropriate. They can make a comment or issue a statement. But the problem is, before there was a verdict, Joe Biden spoke. He wasn't even asked a question related to the answer that he gave. Uh, And it really is shocking to me. We're talking about an ongoing case. You have Maxine Waters who goes into the area to trying to stoke a riot. Then you have Joe Biden speaking off the cuff, even at that point where the jury is sequestered, about what he uh, expects the verdict to be, overwhelming in his view, which means if the verdict wasn't what he expected, and Maxine Waters didn't get what she wanted, there would have been a riot. And we can't have a justice system like this, ladies and gentlemen. We can't have a system like this Where now every case, or many of these cases, you're going to have a riot that is going to overhang the outcome, and every jury knows it. I'll be right back. I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty, and they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of constitutional thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.6 million Americans 
Receive Imprimus for free every month. And you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com. There are no strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for Hillsdale to send Imprimus to you for no cost every month. So start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's Levin, L-E-V-I-N, for Hillsdale.com. Mark Levin, making conservatism great again. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. I, I can only imagine pressure and anxiety they're feeling uh, and so uh, I waited till the jury was sequestered and uh, and I called and as uh, I wasn't going to say anything about it but uh, Thelonious said today on television and he accurately said it was a private conversation because uh, uh, Joe understands what it's like to go through loss and um, they're a good family and they're calling for tranquility, no matter what that verdict is. I'm praying the verdict is the right verdict, which is, I think it's overwhelming in my view. I wouldn't say that unless the, the jury was sequestered now, not hear me say that. But so we, we just talked a little, I want to know how they were doing, just personally, and we talked about personal things. You know, he talks about the jury was questioned at the time he spoke, but the potential rioters weren't sequestered. He gave people a reason to riot if there weren't, if this verdict didn't take place. Maxine Waters was encouraging people to riot. Don't, don't spin what she said any more than people want to spin that video. Don't spin what she said. She said what she said, and everybody knows it. You know, they had to play word games and split hairs when they went after Trump. But in this case, we don't have to play word games or split hairs at all. We all saw and heard Maxine Waters specifically went to the hotbed, told people to become more confrontational. Everybody knows what she meant, and that's not the first time. She's done it many times before. And the Democrats block a censor vote on her. I want all of you folks that have a so-called moderate Democrat representing you to understand that. They needed them all to line up. And then we have Jim Crow Joe opening his big mouth. And now they're going to speak tonight. And we're all going to be told about systemic racism. We're all going to be told about systemic police brutality, both of which are a lie. And this is why people get frustrated. They wanted to see justice in this case. 99.9% of America wanted justice in this case. We all saw what we saw. But we will not be lectured as if we participated in this. So what were the riots for exactly? What were the riots for exactly? Antifa and Black Lives Matter and so on. What were the riots about? In city after city after city. We want justice. Well, we had justice. What were the riots for? There would have been justice anyway. There would have been justice anyway. Did that county prosecutor look like he wasn't going to charge Chauvin? Did Keith Ellison, the attorney general of Minnesota... He wasn't going to get involved in charging Chauvin. As a matter of fact, here's the deal. 
Here's the lot. The whole nation came together, white, black, and in between. Police officers. We all came together and said that, that is a killing. There was no doubt. And then there's riots. People are saying, we're tired of this sort of stuff going on. Not riots about murders in our cities, which are through the roof, through the roof. But we want justice. Everybody wanted justice, but they wouldn't let the system work, so people rioted and looted and burned and killed. And so now we're supposed to eviscerate police forces. Different proposals by cities, by states, by Democrats in Congress. Let's eviscerate police officers because the narrative goes on and on and on and on. But you know what's interesting, ladies and gentlemen? It's the same narrative we heard 50 years ago. But today we have a more diverse police force than any time in our history. A diverse police force. We have more minority police chiefs in our country than any time in our history. We have more diverse communities than any time in our history. It's not the 1960s. We're in a whole new century. It was half a century ago. Nobody believed this guy Chauvin wasn't going to be prosecuted. Nobody. And yet people saying we want justice by doing injustice? By harming other people, by damaging buildings and private property, much of which belong to private citizens. What you have is sort of these neo-Marxist radical groups that take over these events and use them as a top opportunity to talk about systemic racism, systemic police abuse, systemic this. There are not, there is not systemic racism and there is not systemic police abuse. How do I know? I just told you, Gallup went into many of these communities Those communities, they want the cops. It's not even a close call. They want local police, and they want them in their neighborhoods. And a significant percentage wants more police in their neighborhoods. Why? Why? Because of the gangs. That's why. And I will say this about the Floyd family. This is a very respectful family in the way that they've been dealing in the public and so forth. Not incendiary, none of that. I think they're a family of faith and so forth. A very respectful family. Then they lost a father, a brother, a son. It's not easy. It's not easy to see that video over and over and over again. I couldn't watch it. And I didn't even know George Floyd. I can't watch it over and over and over again. And you know what? Police officers, police organizations, those of us who support police, we shouldn't fall on a sword for what took place there. What took place there is unacceptable. Period. So now what? Now what? Keith Ellison says, now, this isn't justice. This is accountability. And now that we have accountability, we can have justice. I know what he's talking about with critical race theory. I know what he's talking about as a Farrakhan acolyte. I know what he's talking about. Trashing the country. Turning it inside out. 
like Black Lives Matter and Antifa and all these other organizations want to do. Is that what took place in the, uh, in the uh, trial? Is that what was on trial? No. So we have exploitation. That's what we have. And that's what upsets many of us. We want justice in this case. We want justice in any case. We don't want cops doing that. And we don't want gangbangers killing little seven-year-olds either. We want peace. We want law enforcement. We want due process. That's consistent across the board, regardless of race, regardless of background, or any of the rest of it. But what some of us cannot tolerate, a lot of us, regardless of race, nobody gets more calls in here or has more of a representative sample of people coming in than this show and shows like it. Not sports shows and the rest, these kinds of shows where anybody can dial the number, the toll-free number, anybody. You can't use this as an excuse to destroy America. You know, the most bizarre thing in the world to me is this, is a side point. When I listen to Sharpton, when I listen to the lawyer, I think his name's Crunch. If it's not, it's not intended to be rude. Or Ellison. Or even Pelosi and Truman. I listen to them and I say, your answer to this is what? To destroy the Constitution? To destroy the people who wrote the Constitution and ratified the Constitution? To pretend that American history began in 1619 and not... The independence in 1776, that is America, not American history. That's what's going to fix this? Embracing a Marxist or neo-Marxist ideology that's responsible for the slaughter of 100 million people? And the enslavement of 1.5 billion people? You know what's going on in communist China today? They have two and a half million people in death camps, concentration, two and a half million Muslims in concentration camps who are being slaughtered, who are being raped, who are being sterilized. Their body organs are being cut out of them and sold over, uh, all over the world. Brings in about $1.5 billion to the Chinese government. Some of them are being operated on alive. We haven't heard of this since Nazi Germany. And yet, The people who talk about we want justice and equality from Black Lives Matter and Antifa, they're Marxists. And Marxism, what's the biggest country with the most people that practices Marxism, quote-unquote? It's communist China. Is that what we want? No, that's not what we want. I don't need lectures about justice from Keith Ellison, who spent years under Farrakhan. I don't need lectures about justice from Al Sharpton. And what he did in Jewish communities and Korean communities and so forth. That's the Democrat Party. That's their great icons. It's not mine. They're not mine. Folks, I call it as I see it. I called on May 25th as did the rest of the country. What took place was unbelievably horrific and inhumane. This police officer has gone to prison. Even a debate over three charges, two charges, one charges. In the end, he's going to prison. But we must maintain a due process system. And I don't think the judge did a great job, unlike everybody else. I think that jury should have been in another 
in another area, another town, and I think they should have been sequestered for the sake of justice and due process to continue to uphold it. They're not mutually exclusive. I think what Maxine Waters did was a direct attack on our justice system, for which she should be punished, but the Democrats are protecting her. Now, as I watch some of the speakers, and in this I'm not talking about the Floyd family, but some of the speakers, as I see, again, Sharpton and others, they're celebrating the verdict. They don't even understand they're celebrating the founding fathers. They're celebrating due process that exists in few other countries. They're celebrating the jury system. They're celebrating American justice. They don't even get it. And many of the people you will hear from this point forward for the next many days and weeks don't even get it. Out of the one side of their mouth, they talk about an unjust system. A white dominant society. On the other side of their mouth, they're celebrating the verdict. Well, do they know how the verdict came to be? Because of the system. The system. The system got the verdict. So people need to think clearly. The radical agenda of people who want to exploit this in these various Marxist and neo-Marxist groups who are just stupid people are really appalling. And in this case, with this officer and this victim, it worked beautifully despite everything else. Would have worked even better had the judge done his job a little bit better and if Maxine Waters not tried to interfere and cause a riot and if Joe Biden kept his mouth shut. I'll be right back. Lovin. I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty, and they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of constitutional thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.6 million Americans receive Imprimus for free every month. And you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it, too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com. There are no strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for Hillsdale to send Imprimus to you for no cost every month. So start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's Levin, L-E-V-I-N, for Hillsdale.com.
There's a reason why people are depopulating cities. There's a reason why Minneapolis's population is sinking, New York City's population is sinking, Portland, Seattle, and so forth. It's not police brutality. It's anarchy and mayhem in Democrat cities. I mean, people need to be able to enforce the rule of law against any lawbreakers, whomever they are, wherever they come from. Whether they wear a badge or they don't wear a badge. Justice is supposed to be blind. But what cannot be tolerated is violent anarchy. Violent anarchy. And while that does happen from time to time spontaneously, and people do get involved spontaneously, it's also organized in this country. Odd, I would say anarchy is organized, but that's exactly right. That's what Marxism is about. That's what it's about. So justice is one. But let's suggest if one of those counties was found not guilty, what would have happened in that city or other cities? Well, the National Guard was out. So obviously the mayor and the governors thought there'd be a riot. Businesses had to board up. They obviously thought there would be a riot. What happened prior to the general election? But the possibility existed, even the probability, that Donald Trump might be re-elected as president of the United States. Police were on full alert. Windows were all boarded up again. Why? Why is that? Because riots were threatened. If the outcome wasn't as these organizations, many of the Marxist organizations, demanded we cannot live in a country where we sit on the edge of our seats and if a jury goes one way as opposed to another, cities are going to burn. Or if an election goes one way as opposed to another, cities are going to burn. That's not justice. That's not democracy. So various ideas swirl through your head in a moment like this. And you have to parse them. You have to parse them. And the exploitation of events by the radicals, the exploitation of events, quite frankly, by the Democrat Party, the exploitation of events by the media, they're destroying our country. They're destroying our country. Chauvin was going to be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law no matter what. No matter what. He was going to be found guilty of one degree or another of murder. Everybody knows this, don't they? Anybody who could see the video, the jury saw the video over and over again. But the riots didn't make it possible. Our laws made it possible. Be right back. Here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. 
Hello, America. I'm Mark Levin. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Let me put a finer point on, on these things as I think them through. Speaking to you in hour one through the break. And now we're going to have the uh, police chief of uh, Detroit, Michigan on the program in about 15 minutes. He's a really stand-up guy. I've never talked to him in my life, but I've been following him. I am never going to support what Keith Ellison and other Marxists and neo-Marxists mentored by Farrakhan support. That is, justice, yes, but I don't need to learn about justice from Keith Ellison. I've spent my entire life on this issue, including at the United States Department of Justice. But I'm not going to participate in supporting the burning down of this country literally and figuratively, the burning down of our law enforcement, literally and figuratively, or the burning down of our Constitution, period. None of this is a justification for any of that. None of it, period. This is not some great Uh, liberty movement that's being spawned by the hard left. It's not some great liberty movement being spawned by the hard left. That courtroom, what took place in that courtroom, is in your constitution. That's why it took place. That's why it took place. And so what I'm hearing now from some of the radicals, not the people in the streets, from the radicals, is we're now going to round up all these cops and every different incident, and it's now going to be a black-white issue. It's not a black-white issue. And I see some of the same reprobates like Sharpton and others showing up, lighting fuses. Lighting fuses. This is what the vast majority of Americans are going to continue to resist. Justice, yes. Anarchy, no. Justice, yes. Anarchy, no. Can we take this live, Mr. Producer? All right, we have uh, Kamala Harris speaking. Honestly, I don't know what she's going to add to it. Or Joe Biden, for that matter. So we are working on it. And I will let you know when we have it. I'm very uncomfortable when politicians like this, particularly a president or a vice president, feel the need to actually have a press event after something like this. Particularly these two. Here we go. Today we feel a sigh of relief. Still, it cannot take away the pain. A measure of justice isn't the same as equal justice. This verdict brings us a step closer, and the fact is, we still have work to do. We still must reform the system. Last summer, together with Senator Cory Booker and Representative Karen Bass, I introduced the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. 
This bill would hold law enforcement. This bill would eviscerate law enforcement across this country. Eviscerate it. And you notice she's not going to talk about the skyrocketing, uh, sky, skyrocketing death rate that is taking place in this country. Go ahead. The president and I will continue to urge the Senate to pass. The president, who was in the Senate almost 50 years, as a panacea for every problem, but as a start. This work is long overdue. America has a long history of systemic racism. Black Americans and black men in particular have been treated throughout the course of our history as less than human. Black men are fathers and brothers and sons and uncles and grandfathers and friends. I, I honestly can't do this anymore. If you want to listen to this, you can turn the channel. <clears throat> you can watch it on TV. The racializing of this across the country now. This, this is what causes a, uh, a fissure in this country. Many of you are sitting in your cars, different races, different backgrounds. You're sitting at the dinner table. You're sitting in your office, wherever you are. You're listening to this on my podcast and you're hearing this and you're saying, this has nothing to do with me. I don't conduct myself this way. Many of you are saying, I get along with my neighbors fine. They're not the same color as I am. They're not all the same background as I am. We do just well. We just do just fine. So this is the exploitation that I'm talking about. This is the exploitation I'm talking about. I will bet a small fortune on the fact when she's done and Biden's done, not once will they talk about what's ta- really taking place in our inner cities in this country. Not once. And it is really shocking to me. Joe Biden was in the Senate for decades. He was chairman of the Judiciary Committee. If there was systemic racism, why didn't he propose a single thing about it? He backed the cops and he wanted the cops to back him in this election. We just had a jury trial. We just had a verdict. Why am I listening to, to, to Biden and Kamala Harris give us their political opinions again? Like they're on the side of, of, uh, of reforming the system. They are the system. I'm not in the system. You're not in the system. They are the system. This guy's been in the system for half a century. Mr. Law Enforcement, Mr. Tough on Criminals, Remember? Now he's Mahatma Gandhi, or he's uh, Martin Luther King. I've never, seen it, I've never seen a transition like this so fast in my lifetime. Never. You can just keep battering the country, battering the country, battering the country. You know what amazes me? It is the, the inner city communities, the minority communities, that take the brunt of this attack on the cops. Where the cops say, you know what? I'm not going to that brawl. I'm not going down that street. I'm not going to that nightclub. I'm not going here. I'm not going there. I don't need it. If I stay away from it, I'll be fine. If I go into the middle of it, God knows what the hell's going to happen. These are good cops I'm talking about. Good cops. Some of them are minority cops. And so you're seeing a crime wave in the United States of America. A crime wave because of comments like you're going to hear from Joe Biden and some of which you heard from Kamala Harris. 
They don't have a single proposal on the table to deal with the death rate murder that's going through the roof in our inner cities. Those are mostly black people and Hispanic people I'm talking about. Nothing. Not a word. And you won't hear a word. Chauvin's been taken care of. That system, what they call racist, that white dominant system took care of Chauvin. The white judge, the white prosecutor, they took care of him. He's going to serve a lot of time. But this stuff now, we try and broaden it out and exploit it. They might as well bring Talib out here to talk about how you have to get rid of all the cops. It just, it, it can't be reformed. They'll bring out the Minneapolis City Council that starts off where we have to ban our police department. People are fleeing these cities of every race, every background, every color. They can't deal with this. You can't have a situation where you have this guy Chauvin, who's being punished, and then you're attacking the city, you're attacking the civil society, and then people are fleeing. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com. And enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L E V I N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. You know, it's a pleasure to have the Detroit Police Chief James Craig on the program. Sir, how are you? Are you there, sir? Uh, Can you hear me, Mr. Producer? Mr. Police Chief, can you hear me? Apparently not. Uh, I don't know. Should we fix this, Rich, or what? We're trying to get him. It is a pleasure to have him if I get him. Mr. Uh, Detroit Police Chief, James Craig, are you there, sir? All right, we're going to try and get him again. I have enormous respect for this man. Doesn't mean we agree all the time. I have no idea. And I notice Joe Biden is still speaking about what I don't know. Uh, But I'm sure he's lecturing the American people on how bad they are. Uh, Are you there, sir? All right, I'm going to have to move on, Rich, until you actually get him, okay? So Joe Biden, is uh, he said something that is very bizarre to me, and we hear this a lot, which is most police are law-abiding and good men and women, he says. 
Literally a sentence or two or three later, he says, we have systemic racism in our forces. Well, which is it? Which is it? Are most police officers law-abiding, good men and women who are attracted to the profession because not because they want to hurt people, not because they're racist, but because they believe in protecting their communities? It's a profession. Or are they attracted because they are systemically racist? Now just think of the absurdity of that. And so you're going to have individuals in every walk of life who are going to have to be you know, broken out from the pack, like a chauvin and so forth. But that doesn't describe all of law enforcement, all of federal law enforcement. But when he made the statement, when he said, look, the vast majority of police officers are good people. They want to do the right thing and so forth. And then out of the other side of his mouth, he talks about systemic racism. I look at Joe Biden and I think to myself, I've watched this man for decades, ladies and gentlemen. Who is this man? Who is this man? He's not the same man he was 50 years ago, which is a good thing. He's not the same man he was 30 years ago. He's not the same man he was five years ago. And so now we racialize these things. We exploit these things. All right, Mr. Producer says try again. Uh, James Craig, Police Chief, Detroit. How are you, sir? I'm good, Mark. How are you doing? I'm doing well, sir. It's nice to meet you. We've never spoken. I'm a great fan of yours because you, uh, you, you, you're plain spoken. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, I appreciate all the support I've gotten over the last uh, several days for the reckless comments made by two elected and notice, Mark, I didn't say leaders. They might be in seats of influence, but they're absolutely not leaders. And I think we need to start making that distinction because those reckless comments, um, you have one that goes out to Minneapolis to do what and achieve what with police officers. On mm-hmm. police officers. And it's appalling. And then, and I'm not even going to call her my my congressperson uh, because uh, this is Talib. This is Talib. She doesn't mm-hmm. represent people. She represents a fringe. I, I acknowledge that. And then she backpedals off of her initial uh, knee jerk comments. You know about uh, get rid know, of all the cops. This, yeah, come on. I mean this. I mean, you're craving for attention. You got the attention, but then it backfired on you. And so I said she should resign. I did, but I'm going to throw her to party. And, Mark, maybe you can help me. Mm-hmm. I'd love to help you, Chief. I want to ask you a few questions. You're a very level-headed, sure. temperate man. How long have you been in the profession of policing? This June will make 44 years. I started in... Um, here in Detroit, as a 19-year-old, got laid off after a couple of years, you know, and then went to Los Angeles, where I spent 28 years with the LAPD, mm. uh, rose through the ranks, and then got my first chief job in Portland, Maine, stayed there two years, went to Cincinnati, Ohio, stayed there two years, 
and then Full Circle came home, and um, I'm actually coming up on my uh, eighth year here, which I'm actually one of the longest, believe it or not, one of the longest serving chiefs uh, in recent times. Yeah, because of the politicization of, and I don't want to get you in trouble, the politicization of what goes on in police departments is utterly out of control. Chief, I want to ask you a few questions. Sure. And I'm not, you, you just call it as you see it. You, don't, you, you say what you, know, what you believe. I'm, I'm just telling you, I listened to Joe Biden just now, and on one hand he says, you know, most police do a good job. They're good people. And he, over the decades as a senator, got support from police organizations. But then he talks about systemic racism in police departments. I have to ask you a question. We have the most diverse police departments in American history. We have more minority chiefs than ever before in America. We have more diverse communities ever in American history. And I'm thinking to myself, is there another video out there showing what Chauvin did to another human being? I'm just saying, I know things like this happen, but the, the idea that the whole country is racist and police forces are racist, this is just the, it's just not the right narrative, is it? No, it's not the right narrative for this year. I've been in this profession, like I just said, now 44 years. Um, I've worked with some great police officers of all races and gender, um, some not so good. You know, I experienced racism earlier in my career, but I also know white police officers here in the city of Detroit that made the ultimate sacrifice in a predominantly black city, the ultimate sacrifice, and to call them racist, I'm not talking about the president. I don't really get into politics. Right. But what I will, I I deal with issues. And just like when Rashida made the comment about the profession is racist, how do you say that when certainly we all denounce what happened to George Floyd? We we denounce that. By the way, Chief, I don't know anyone who hasn't. Everybody. I was the first police chief in America that came up. When I saw the video, and I I tend not to knee-jerk, but clearly if there's a probable cause to believe a crime was committed, what we do for any private citizen, we do what? We make an arrest. So I said that. But I also said this should never reflect the majority of the men and women who do a phenomenal job, who put their lives on the line each and every night. And and i got to tell you, just the other night, just the other night, my officers were out uh, engaging in um, an investigation of a quintuple shooting. Chief, Chief, hold your thought. I have a hard break. I don't want to lose your, your train of thought. Can I bring you right back in a few minutes? I have a hard break. Okay, no problem. Don't, don't leave me. I want to hear what you have to say, sir. We'll be right back with Detroit Police Chief James Craig in one moment. Levin, the research arm of conservative media. Call in now, 877-381-3811. James Craig, Detroit Police Chief, I want to thank you for holding on. You were going to tell us a little story there, Chief. Yeah, what I was going to tell you, Mark, uh, 
a night ago, my officers were doing what we do, investigating a horrific crime scene involving four people, five people shot, and uh, another one who was killed in a fatal accident, all related to this crime scene. They're out there for hours. A suspect, unprovoked, drives up to the crime scene, drives into the crime scene, and opens fire on my officers. That, of course, uh, initiated a pursuit, high-speed pursuit, 2.30 in the morning, uh, through the streets of Detroit from the west side to the east side. Uh, he damages vehicle. He gets out. He, again, engages our officers in gunfire. A fortunate no officer was hit. He takes off and starts running. He engages the officer again, and uh, one of my officers fires the uh, fatal shot that took him down. But my point, these attacks on our men and women across this country is too much. Uh -huh. And it's, it's folks like the congresswoman who never talk about denouncing the violence against police officers, the ones that are out to protect the community. And I'm, I'm, I'm appalled. I mean, look, let me just say, if an officer crosses the line, I'm all about accountability. But when you look at the number of officer-involved shootings we're involved in, how many of them are clearly deemed criminal, excessive force? Very small percentage, very small percentage. But we don't talk about the ones where an officer has to use deadly force because there was an imminent threat to their life. We don't talk about that. And for whatever reason, that gets lost in the media. Let me tell you, three weeks ago, Mark? Yes, sir. Four separate incidents where my officers were fired upon, unprovoked. One of the incidents, an individual was running at my officers with a high-powered rifle. We returned fire. Officers did what they're trained to do. But who stood with us? Who denounced this level of violence? Mm -hmm. I stood up, and I'm, unapolog I'm unapologetic about standing up. I am. Do, you, do, you, do you find that assaults against police officers are on the rise in your area? Absolutely. Across the country. Mm -hmm. It's not just in Detroit. You know, we can blame it in part on the pandemic. We know the, the mental health impact that's had. We can blame it on that. Uh, we can blame it on these wonderful judges who are also public servants who low bond, no bond. Let them out the back door, we used to say. Well, I got to tell you, I was very vocal a couple of weeks ago about one of my sergeants who was killed by her estranged mm. child's father. Uh, in 2019, he, we arrested him, or we didn't, an outside agency arrested him. Uh, and a judge saw fit for compassionate reasons that he should be released on tether. We're talking about someone charged with premeditated murder. Jeez. And I'm appalled. And then the judge's boss felt courageous enough to write me a letter because I called him a coward. You may not have saw that, Mark. I called the judge a coward. Mm -hmm. Man, I like you. I, I wouldn't dare say you ought to run for president, but I like you. 
James Craig, yeah. Nah, you you don't want to be in politics. That's really a skunk's game. Let me ask you a couple more. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, sure. You know, you know, but maybe there's got to be someone who can really facilitate change for the people. Mm -hmm. It's not about me. It's bigger than me. And but when 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 individuals who sit in these seats of power sit in seats of influence, and I'm reluctant to say some do provide leadership, mm-hmm. and they do nothing? I don't know, Mark. Uh, you, know, you just gave me some talking points uh, for my appearance on Carlson Tucker tonight in about, oh, about 45 minutes. <laughs> 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 you know, I'll, I'll get some hate mail. I do get some hate mail. Anytime I go on National Fox, I get hate mail, and I'm I'm good with it. Um, no, nah, sounds sounds like sounds like you're very you're you're very comfortable in your own uh, mind. That's a good thing. Let me ask you a couple more quick questions, Chief, so I don't hold you back from uh, Tucker. And that's this: I am uh, I'm gravely concerned that Washington D.C. wants to dip in these local cities and towns and so forth. They think they have the answer. They want to pull limited immunity. They have all kinds of ideas. And yet, you'll notice they had police ringing that Capitol building. They had the National Guard ringing that Capitol building. They're still there. They had fences. They had razor wire at the top of the fences. You know, we people in the, in, in the in neighborhoods and we want to be protected too. And I, and I have a Gallup survey here that says Black people in black neighborhoods, way, way up, like 81%. They want their local cops there. So when we hear... Can I tell you something? Let me tell you something. Yes, sir. My city has more African-Americans than any other city in America. In America, 80%. Let me tell you, not what Rashida Tlaib would tell you, not what anybody would tell you, just defund, dismantle, uh, dismantle incarceration madness. Let me tell you what Detroiters want. They want effective constitutional policing. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you what they applauded. The summer of love, as, as some would call it out in Seattle and Portland, where they allowed the mob to take over police stations and burn buildings and, and, and destroy businesses. Guess what didn't happen in Detroit? That. It didn't burn. There was no looting. Yeah, we had a few nights where some incited attacks on our police officers, but at the end of the day, we never arrived here. You know why? Because we set a tone. I made it clear, one, we don't retreat. You're not running us out of police stations. You're not going to burn. You're not going to loot. And guess who rallied up behind us? Detroiters. Mm-hmm. Guess who else rallied up here? Our activist community, who don't always agree with us. But the activists say, these outsiders are not going to come into the city of Detroit mm-hmm. and destroy it, period. And there are a so lot of outsiders, what? aren't happen there? Here. Yeah. All you got to do, Mark, look around. I saw images coming out of Philadelphia, D.C., Portland, recently Columbus. My old home of L.A. Mm-hmm. They didn't burn Detroit. 
because I made a conscious decision because I had a bad experience in L.A. called Rodney King, and when a lieutenant made a bad decision to direct the officers to retreat, L.A. burned. The intersection was taken over by a mob of criminals. i never forget that. The great LAPD was demoralized, and I love that department. But I wouldn't gonna let it happen here in the city of Detroit because I love this city, bottom line. And that's why Detroit they support me. They support this police department. And so shame on Rashida Tlaib. Who does she speak for? A friends group? Who does Waters speak for? I don't know. So anyway, Mark, I appreciate you allowing me to vent somewhat, uh, but I'm passionate. And I know you said you never want to go into politics, but sometimes you have to do things to create change. My dad told me something. I'll close on this note. I think it's important to say. I joined the Detroit Police Department in 1977, candidly, uh, as a black man, and they were trying to integrate the police department, not welcomed. And I remember my white partner telling me something, Mark. He said, you know what? I don't like you. I don't really want you here. Jeez. He said, um, don't talk to me, don't touch the radio, and you're not going to drive the car. So I sat there, I reflected. I'm a 19-year-old, man. I'm a teenager. Mm-hmm. So uh, called my dad. I said, hey, I don't think I can do this. This is not for me. You know what he told me? Should put on. I ain't gonna tell you exactly how he said it. <laughs> <laughs> he gave me some choice words. He said, "You need to stay, and you need to be about change." Mm-hmm. And I did that. And um, when I look back over 44 years, Mark, I'm honored. I'm humbled, and I just appreciate being allowed to serve people and really touching lives, both inside the police department and outside. If I left tomorrow, I, I wouldn't have a regret because I felt like I did my very best. Well, you are like America's uh, major city police chief, sir, as far as I'm concerned. James Craig, well, I, I, appreciate I appreciate you. It. I want you to come back one day. And I want well, you to know talk, something man. else. I, I could be on there. We can talk. We can, we can talk, like, but I want you to know something. I want you to know something. Exactly. I, I want you to know something. listeners are appreciative. I, I get, you know what? I get so much support from across this country. Um, oh, you have no idea. And, um, and some of them might be your listeners listening right now. I know you have a. Let, 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 me, let me tell you something, Chief. Let me tell you. Give me 30 seconds here. Okay. We have 14 million listeners. you got to be kidding. Talk radio, depending on who you're talking to, is bigger than all cable. You'll get a response from my audience because my audience is going to love you. And I'm going to tell you something about my audience. These are red-blooded Americans. We're not looking at people's skin. We don't care what they do with their genitalia. We are red-blooded Americans. We love this country, and we're sick and tired of what's happening to it. We defend our police force. We saw that video. We know that man was killed by that police officer. We call it straight in plain English here. 
And we're not going to give up this country so easily. So when I hear a guy like you or I read a guy like you and you're the police chief of Detroit, Michigan, and I got to hear all these other lefties, I want you on this program, chief. Well, you you know what, Mark? Anytime you want me to come back, you let me know. I'm honored. I'm honored. And uh, I did a podcast with someone you probably know. He was the love boat guy. What's his name? Help oh, uh, Fred. Fred something, right? No, 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 no. He's a... Um, he was on the Love Boat? No, not Love Boat, what, but the Love Connection, one of them game shows. Oh, uh, Rich, help me. Chuck Willery. Chuck Willery. I've Good man. Good man. Good man. He yep. has me on his show twice. He might be listening right now. Chuck, if you're listening, love you, man. I'm waiting to come back. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that show, Two and Two. I used to be, like, obsessed yeah. with that show. Well, Chief, God you. bless you, my friend, and be safe, and tell all the men and women in your force we love them, okay? I will pass it on, and I know they'll appreciate it. Thank you so much, and we'll talk right. soon, okay? We will. You take care of yourself. I like that man. And you know what? I think he is going to run for something. Maybe he will. That's a police chief. And there are many great police chiefs. My own county has a great police chief. Mike Chapman, good guy. Probably just ruined him by saying that, but you know. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com. And enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L E V I N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. Now you know why the cameras are not on that police chief, right? I mean, that's a big city, Detroit. It's one of our favorite cities here. We've been on WJR, I think, almost 20 years. And um, that's a serious police chief there. You got I mean, I'm, I'm still thinking about the guy, how outstanding he was. By the way, over at Breitbart, our buddy Joel Pollack, Dershowitz, Derek Chauvin conviction should be reversed on appeal. Now, it's interesting. He's raising some of the issues I did, not because he heard them from me, but we come at this from a uh, constitutionalist perspective. Renowned defense attorney and Harvard Law School professor emeritus Alan Dershowitz said Tuesday that the conviction of former Minneapolis, Minnesota police officer Derek Chauvin for the murder of George Floyd should be overturned on appeal because of the public intimidation of the jury and the judge's refusal to sequester the jury. How many times have I said that judge should have sequestered that jury? 
I think he would have been convicted regardless, but it's not the point. The point is you got to do this right. And that trial should not have been held in Minneapolis, or even close to Minneapolis. Dershowitz noted the outside influence of people like Maxine Waters, who encouraged unrest at a protest on Saturday night nearby Brooklyn Center. There was no murder conviction in the case. Dershowitz told Newsmax, what was done to George Floyd by Officer Chauvin was inexcusable morally, but the verdict is very questionable because of the outside influences of people like Al Sharpton, people like Maxine Waters. Their threats and intimidation and the hanging the sword of Damocles over the jury and basically saying, if you don't convict on the murder charge, on all the charges, the cities will burn, the country will be destroyed, seeped into the jury room because the judge made a terrible mistake by not sequestering the jury. So the judge himself said, this case may be reversed on appeal. And I think it might. I think it should be reversed on appeal. I think the American Civil Liberties Union, which would be all over this case if it weren't a racially charged case, all Americans who care about due process and liberty should be concerned. Well, this American has been concerned. That jury should, I, don't, I think they would have come to the same result. But the issue is whether or not it's going to matter on appeal. And he's right. It should matter on appeal. I'm not making any predictions. He's not either. But that jury should have been sequestered. And it wasn't. And I don't agree it should have been sequestered after what happened in Brooklyn Center. It should have been sequestered from day one. This is the most jacked up media the mobs, the rioters, and all the rest, all the threats, threats from members of Congress and so forth, that should have, if they're not going to sequester a jury for that, then what the hell are you going to sequester a jury for? All right, what am I on, Mr. Producer? You don't have to wait till next hour. He said President Joe Biden was not wrong legally to comment on the case once the jury had been sequestered, though there was a risk in raising expectations of conviction. Yeah, here's where I disagree with him. The jury was sequestered when he spoke, but the public was not, and the would-be rioters were not. And if there had been riots, Joe Biden would have had blood on his hands, too. I believe that firmly. I'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin, our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Well, ladies and gentlemen... I want to thank you for being here, especially in the first hour, those of you who were here, because let me just be honest here. We give these other hosts, particularly on TV, the guts to say the sort of things that I'm saying behind this microphone right now and that I've been saying during the entire show. And uh, I just call them as I see them. And uh, you've got to have enough 
sense, enough principles, enough self-respect to do that. And you don't have to do it in a provocative way. You don't have to do it in a provocative way. I don't think that Chauvin's guilt will be overturned by an appellate court. But I do think the failure to move that trial and the failure to sequester that jury was a terrible, terrible event. And I do think that's going to be written about in the history books down the road. And people who are cheering this and celebrating this in the streets, they better hope that that kind of justice is never applied to them. That is. And yet, There is a silver lining, as I've also explained. We actually have the left, radicals, Democrats, celebrating our justice system. They they don't even make any sense. That system's no good. That system was developed by a bunch of slaveholders. This nation was founded in slavery in 1619. The Constitution is a... uh, is, is antiquated, it is a white-dominated society, and then they cheer the verdict. Yay! Yay, the system worked! I'm going, what are you talking about? You sound so stupid. You can't even get your, your ideology and your, and your commentary to make any sense. It's idiotic. It's idiotic. And... Uh, As I said at the beginning of the show, we all know what would have happened if this verdict was less than this. And that's the problem. It's like the election. Everybody was worried about riots. Worried about riots, but their guy's president of the United States, so there were no riots. We can't have that continue in this society. And I'm telling you there's going to be pushback on this. There is going to be pushback on this. I don't care how much this, uh, this mannequin who walks up to the microphone uh, remakes himself into Mahatma Gandhi. He is a... Remember what I've always told you about him, and I keep telling you about him. He, he is a demagogue. He is a propagandist. He will exploit any event for his own advantage. This is Biden, of course. And Harris is no better. Same thing. Same thing. These are not statesmen. These are really unconscionable hack politicians. Really pretty incredible. So the Democrats today protected Maxine Waters. And the, uh, and the media will protect Joe Biden. He was way out of line with his comments. So we've, I don't want to go over the same territory. We've talked about this at some length. And it really is shocking. Let's go ahead and listen to Pasaki try to defend Biden, the spokes idiot for the idiot. This was earlier today. Cut to go. He says, I think it's, quote, overwhelming in my view. Uh, so I have a, question, a couple of questions on this. If we could start there. What precisely did the president mean? What is overwhelming? And does this mean the president thinks the police officer should be convicted on all counts? 
Well, the president has clearly been watching the trial closely, as many Americans have been. Uh, he was also moved by. He's moved. He was moved by his conversations with the family yesterday. Uh, he knows the family, and as somebody who has been impacted well, 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 by well, this is a minor issue, Mr. But didn't Biden say he spoke with the family today? Didn't he say he spoke with the family today? What does she mean he spoke with the family yesterday? Anyway, go ahead. That was a large part of their conversation, the conversation he had just yesterday. Uh, As he also noted, uh, the jury is sequestered, uh, which is why he spoke to this. But I will expect that he will weigh in. Ladies and gentlemen, in this case, it's not the jury. That would be bad enough. In this case, he's speaking to the would-be rioters. And he's basically saying, I'm with you. I'm with you. I understand this. Overwhelming in my view. I'm with you. So he's basically speaking to the would-be... We have National Guardsmen there. You have state troopers there. You got local police there. You got police from other jurisdictions who came in to help the local police there. You got windows boarded up. You got all kinds of stuff going on. And Biden's popping his mouth. And Biden's popping his mouth. Then after it's all said and done, he and Kamala, they have their little presser, and they blame you and me and the rest of America. We're systemically racist. This is a first step. It's not actually justice. He's praising all the riots that took place the summer before, even though he's not putting it that way, but he's kind of characterizing it that way. We actually have in the office of the Oval Office and next to the Oval Office two individuals, two individuals, who are stirring the pot, who are stirring the pot for their own political purposes. Why did we have these riots? I don't understand. Many of us knew the justice system would function anyway. What about it? And where are all the civil libertarians on this sequester issue? You know, the amazing thing is, Mr. Producer... I talked about this a couple of days ago, yesterday. I'll tell you what's interesting about this. All of a sudden, the guilty verdicts come in, and nobody talks about it. Except Dershowitz and me. That the jury wasn't sequestered. That, listen, folks, there's the purpose of having a jury and go through, and, uh, go through the vetting of the jury and having voir dire and all the rest of it, the whole purpose is to make sure they're objective and they haven't been influenced. So you're a judge, and you're an experienced judge, and you got one of the, you, right now, the trial of the century in front of you. The whole world's looking at it. And you don't sequester the jury? I'm just saying it. I told him not to check out the news and not to watch the news. What are you talking about? Now, the appellate court, what can the appellate court do? Don't you think those judges are going to be scared for their lives, Mr. Producer? So this is what concerns me. Not so much the verdict, because I think even if the jury had been sequestered, as I tried to explain, look, these are, these are important points. Even though I think it would have been uh, the same outcome. The fact is, you can't undermine a justice system like this. Go ahead. Further, once there is a verdict, and I'm not going to provide additional analysis on what he meant. You're not able to clarify what is overwhelming, the evidence, the case presented by the prosecution? Uh, We're not going to get ahead of the outcome. But you did get ahead of the outcome. 
you did get ahead of the outcome. Let's poke around a little bit more. Maxine Waters. History of encouraging violence. Cut three. Hat tip. Ken Buck. Go. We've got to get more confrontational. We've got to make sure that they, th- they know that we need business. Do you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station? You get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. They're going to... Uh, Absolutely harass them until they decide that they're going to tell the president, no, I can't hang with you. I will go and take Trump out tonight. You think we're rallying now? You ain't seen nothing yet. Mm-hmm. That nut job should be removed from the United States House of Representatives, but every Democrat was protecting her tonight. Every one of them. When the Republicans moved to hold her responsible, the Democrats killed the motion. Yamiji Alcindor, you're familiar with her. She's a radical left-wing, in my view, neo-Marcus, dressed up as a journalist, and either with public TV or public radio. And I want you to listen to what she has to say at the White House briefing today and then ask yourself, how in the world aren't her journalistic credentials pulled? A complete and utter fraud. Cut four, go. Um, Representative Waters, as you said, clarified, she said, my actual words don't matter. I wonder why the White House isn't also coming to the defense of Representative Waters, given the fact that she's now facing an onslaught of attacks, especially by, I would say, Republicans. I wonder why the White House isn't saying, we we back what she said about being confrontational. She was obviously not threatening violence. There are civil rights leaders that are saying that's what what civil rights is, is to be confrontational. Listen to this idiot. This idiot. This mouthpiece for the radical left. Mouthpiece for Waters. That's not what she meant, what she said. It wasn't what she meant. No, 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 no. Oh, really? And I guess that video didn't mean what we saw. Right, Alcindor? Right? That video didn't mean what we saw. We heard what we heard. We saw what we saw. We know exactly what Waters did, and it wasn't the first time, as I previously demonstrated. The question is... Why are you a so-called journalist? Why do you have White House credentials? Why are you working for PBS or NPR? What is your deal? You're not only out of the closet, there is no closet. Here's Pasaki. Go ahead. Well, she could, she also clarified her own remarks, Amish, and I think that's the most powerful piece to point to. There you go. Then we have this guy, Matthew Dowd, who is used to be a Republican, a rhino, and they bring him on these networks because he's exactly the kind of Republican they want. And you know what? I'm going to deal with this George Bush tomorrow, too. This George W. Bush, what he's saying about you, what he's saying about our country. This guy, he's turned out to be utterly pathetic. And he thinks Ben Sass would be a good president? Boy, he's in touch, isn't he? Why, is Ben Sass kissing his butt all over in, uh, in Texas? Must be. Ben Sass? So we're going to hold on to everything we have uh, on my lists, on my audio, Mr. Producer, on Bush. We'll deal with this tomorrow. Too much going on today. But I I, want to single this out because it's important in his case. Matthew Dowd, a rhino, 
on CNN. Brianna Kyler, another fraudulent, phony, so-called journalist. Cut five, go. I mean, certainly Waters should answer for her words when everyone is on edge. But the irony here is just Yes, so Brianna, tell us, what is the irony here? Go ahead. Of it. Uh, oh, the stench of it. Republicans like Kevin McCarthy. Go ahead. Kevin McCarthy, who has repeatedly given cover to other Republicans who have called in such explicit terms for violence. I'm thinking Marjorie Taylor Greene. I'm thinking uh, Donald You're Trump. You're not thinking at all. You're an idiot. Marjorie Taylor Greene explicitly called for violence. Marjorie Taylor Greene is a congresswoman. She was attacked for things she posted on social media before she was an official. You're thinking of Donald Trump, and you're a liar, because Donald Trump never incited anything. That's the crap that comes from CNN and MSNBC and the other fraudulent so-called media outlets. Go ahead. The irony here is thick. So, so this is a question, you see, from a CNN journalist. From a CNN journalist. This is a question, and Project Veritas has exposed them a thousand times. And now they're going to go to Matthew. Now, what do you think? I just told you what to think. Now, what do you think, Matthew? Go ahead. It's, incre- it's incredibly thick, and so was the hypocrisy on this, and not, not the least to mention January 6th. So they're uh, going to use January 6th for the rest of the time as a defense for violent riots, arson, looting, maiming, killing. Remember January 6th, you can't criticize her with the Marxists and the, and the Black Lives Matter and Antifa and others are doing it. No, no, no. Remember January 6th? Remember January 6th? You can't do that. Not a single person was armed, we've now learned. The only fire shot was by the police officer whose name is being kept secret from the whole country. It's a shot. It's, a, it's stunning. Who killed a veteran of 14 years who was unarmed and wasn't threatening anybody. Oh, she was in the Capitol building. Well, okay. But she wasn't in the Portland courthouse, and I don't know if anybody's being shot dead there. Do you? No, no, no. And, of course, he, by the way, as a side note, Officer Sickman, didn't we report months ago, Mr. Producer, that his mother said he died of a stroke? And everybody's saying, see that? The report's out now. It's official. He had two strokes. We, we... Listen, I didn't do the investigation to determine this. His mother said so. And we pointed it out on this program. It's not even news. And they withhold the information and withhold the information. His mother said so. It was unofficial. I reported what she said. Look how that whole situation is being changed. And by the way, in Portland, Oregon, Molotov cocktails, frozen bottles, all kinds of stuff being thrown at targeting police officers trying to protect the federal courthouse there. Biden administration clearing remaining federal charges against Portland rioters. Most get probation and community service. This is in the Daily Wire by Emily Zanotti. So the Biden administration is clearing out the cases. While the Biden administration and the Department of Justice are hunting down anybody who was anywhere near the Capitol building on January 6th, throwing them in jail, pressuring them to confess to what? To sedition. This country is inside out. I'll be right back. Mark 
AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. So, the observations I made in the first hour actually are spreading all through cable and radio now. And this is why I do what I do, because it's important to set things straight. It is obviously quite likely Chauvin would have been found guilty. In my view, there's simply no question about that. I said manslaughter was yesterday, was really the count that would fit this. All three counts. Kind of weird to me, but nonetheless, he was going to be convicted. He wasn't going to walk. Number two, I also said to you that there is no way that jury shouldn't have been sequestered from day one. Number three, I also said and that trial should not have taken place there. Those are two big screw-ups in my view. Ella Dershowitz points out the sequestration in his interview with, Joel, with uh, Newsmax that Joel Pollack points out on, on Breitbart. I think it's even more than that. But the idea that, that in an appeal there will be a reverse on appeal, I really doubt it. Now, why is that, ladies and gentlemen? Well, one of the reasons is they don't want to riot. And we're going to have to come to grips with this. It's true. The mob is having an enormous influence on what goes on in our courtrooms, even... In my view, when we have the right result, they're having an enormous influence, and this concerns me a great deal. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at AMAC.us. 
That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Mike Elliott, who's he? He is the mayor of Brooklyn Center. Now, at some point, they're going to have a trial. It's going to involve former officer Potter. And you could already hear they want to they ram that one through as fast as they can and send her to prison the rest of her life. That is a completely different case than the Floyd, uh, George Floyd case. Utterly different. And in my view, she shouldn't even been charged. She was charged in two days. Again, because of the mob. No other reason. And I've talked about that at length on TV, here, and I'll do it again if I need to, and I'm sure I will. But here's Mike Elliott, Brooklyn Center Mayor on CNN yesterday. So keep in mind, these most radical, outrageous statements, these provocative statements are getting airtime and are giving the patina of credibility by news organizations. And so this guy is on CNN with Wolf Blitzer, and he's not even challenged. Cut eight, go. The lieutenant governor of Minnesota, and you know this, uh, tweeted a realization she has had uh, writing this. Uh, she said, as a child advocate, I am grappling with the stark reality. Minnesota is a place where it is not safe to be black. Now, now think about that. This is the preaching. This is the propaganda. This is the indoctrination that's being pushed out there by Democrat office holders and regurgitated by their media. It's not safe to be black in Minnesota? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? It's not safe to be black in Minnesota? And then he asked this guy, Elliot, the mayor, because he wants him to say yes, he asked this mayor, is she right? That's the question, is she right? Rather than having a basic, what used to be formally a journalistic approach, say, what is that supposed to mean? That's not true. No, is she right? And here's that mayor. Go. Right? She's absolutely right, Wolf. This is something that people in my community have been grappling with for a very long time. Why? It's not safe to be black in Minnesota? I never heard of that before. Did you, Mr. Producer? Go ahead. Not safe to drive uh, in Minnesota while, while you're black. I mean, the fact of the matter is... There's so many of us who... How many of these cases have occurred in Minnesota? How many cases like Chauvin have occurred in Minnesota? I think one. We also have statistics. Nobody wants to hear the statistics. They don't want to hear them. This is a narrative. This is an ideology. And they're pushing it, pushing it, pushing the Democrat Party and the left. They're pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. Well, push back. It's a lie. Go ahead. You know, and, and, and if we see... Ah, shut up, you idiot. I mean, I don't know what else to say anymore. What do they want us to do in this country on the left? What do they want? You know what they want us to do? To surrender our liberty, to surrender our civil society, to surrender our justice system. To whom? To them. 
As I say all the time, this is the most magnificent nation mankind has ever established. Ever, ever, ever. And if it's not, that's damning ourselves. A nation is what its people are. That's us. We the people. We are diverse. We are tolerant. We are beneficent. We go all over the world protecting other people who don't look like us, who don't believe in the same things as us, but we are humane. We're not conquerors, despite what the left says. We're not colonialists. We're not imperialists. If we were after World War II, we don't have the world. We have the most liberal legal immigration system on the face of the earth, putting aside illegal immigration. The most liberal legal immigration system. And we got to hear this crap. This crap. And who do they bow down to? Marx? Marx? The man responsible for 100 million deaths? For over a billion enslaved and tortured and raped? Marx, for God's sakes? We are on some sick time here, boy. I'll tell you what. This is sick. Sick. All right, let me see here. I don't want any uh, nut jobs uh, who try to sneak through from time to time. Sometimes I think they're set up by the left. You know that, Mr. Producer? Some of these calls that try and uh, create problems. I can't do the call screen. Who do you recommend? And make it a good one. XM Satellite, Mark in Florida. Go right ahead, sir. Hello? Yes. Hello? Yes. How may I help you? Hello. Hey, Mark. How you doing, man? Okay. Go right ahead. Listen, I'm a retired fireman. 30 years on the job. Let me let me give you some... Um, how's your anatomy? How's your anatomy... Um, how, how are you All right, thanks for your call. We, we don't have a good connection. I don't want to talk about my anatomy. I have no idea where we're going with this. I do respect very much uh, your former profession, but, you know, my anatomy. Let's go to Dan, Dallas, Texas, the great WBAP. Go right ahead, Dan, please. Hello. Yes, sir, go right ahead. Yes. Okay, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. I said go right ahead, please. Oh, okay. Right. Rich, what the hell's happening with the phone calls? I'll give one more chance. Last oh, one. Yes. yes. Dan. Yes, Dallas. Yes. Are you there, Dan? No, he's not there, Rich. Okay, well, let's find out why, okay? All right. Try one more. Ready? Let's give it a shot. Paul, California, 870 The Answer. Go right ahead, Paul. Alan, Florida, the great WXIB. Alan, are you there? Alan's here. All right, let's forget it. Our phone system, because I work for this magnificent multi-billion dollar company, is being routed through California, correct, Rich? And it's not working, is it? So what I ought to do is pick up my own phone, hand out the number on my landline, and tell the country to call, and I'll have a better uh, phone connection than I get from a multi-billion dollar company that runs its phone calls through California, for God's sakes. Yes. 
All right, are they working now? Let's try Amy, Colorado Springs, XM Satellite. Amy, are you there? All right, it's dead. Hi, Mark. Can you hear me? Oh, there you are. Hi, Amy. Go right ahead. Hi. I want to thank you for taking my call. It's an honor always to speak with you. Um, I just wanted to say that it's just, I mean, what Biden is doing and what Maxine Waters are doing is using race to divide us even further so we're not looking at what they're doing behind our backs at the border with all the spending. Biden has spent more in three months than on, on two Iraq wars. And we don't hear about it because of the race. Listen, the race Biden the- is and always has been a very stupid man, a narcissist, an egomaniac, very nasty man. And you can see it playing out right now. He will do whatever it takes to be the great new progressive leader. And in every respect, whether it's spending, whether it's taxes, whether it's regulations, whether it's open borders, whether it's critical race theory, critical gender theory, whether it's backing the teachers' unions against the students, whether it's this, race baiting, he will do whatever he has to do, and he's going to do it all and more. He is a very dangerous, very stupid, very mentally unfit man to be in the office of the presidency. Period. They ought to be impeaching him immediately, or at least trying to impeach him in the House of Representatives, but they're not going to do it. They prefer to whine about it. Thank you for your call, Amy. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Now we have a Black Lives Matter activist. Our friend Brian at Right Scoop got her number. I don't mean her phone number, her number, and put it up on his website. That is this video clip of which I intend to play the audio. Because we're told, look, the Black Lives Matter isn't violent. How is that possible? Everywhere they go, there's violence. I'm not talking about people who unwittingly you know, protest and say black lives matter. I'm not talking about those folks. I'm talking about Black Lives Matter Foundation. All $90 million. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the likes of Kim Brown. Kim Brown, a BLM activist. 
Not only are you all white supremacists, even if you're not all white, by the way, not only do you live in a hopelessly white-dominated society, not only are police forces systemically racist, not only doesn't our justice system work, but my God, you owe people money and you didn't even know it. Cut 10, go. I support them looting the... the Dollar Tree. I support the looting of uh, what other did they loot? Uh, like the like the advanced auto parts. Um, I remember last year they t- looted Target. I support all that. Loot all that. Do you know why? Because black people and marginalized and oppressed people could loot every store in this whole country for two hundred years. It would not even come close to the debt that America. You owes should us. be thrown in prison for inciting a riot. You should be thrown in prison for inciting a riot. Nobody owes you a damn thing, lady. Nobody owes you a damn thing. You get off your ass and you get your own job and you pay taxes so Joe Biden has enough money to redistribute. Nobody owes you a damn thing. Nobody even knows who the hell you are. Nobody around here owns slaves. Nobody around here is involved in segregation. Only Joe Biden was Mr. Jim Crow. What the hell are you talking about? Puking up that crap. This racism has had a, it's enough with this racism. This racism is a disgrace. It's killing this country. And morons like this. Mark, why did you play? Because she gets a microphone. She gets a camera. And this is sensible, right? Exactly how should we change this country to accommodate Kim Brown? Well, you all commit suicide. That's how you accommodate Kim Brown, and that, of course, is what Marxism is all about. Kim Brown, you can go to hell. The hell do you think you're talking to? We're the American people. You haven't contributed a damn thing to this country. Not a damn thing. And you want to take. You talk about all these stores. You make the assumption that only white people own these stores. You make the assumption only white people Work at these stores. You make the assumption that only white people need these stores. Because you're an ignoramus. You're a racist. That's why. You jerk. Now. Now. It's really quite appalling. I can't play all this Stacey Abrams stuff. She's another nut. Absolute nut. She goes on and on and on. Just crazy. Absolutely crazy. All right, we're almost near the end. How much time do I have, Rich? Let's start it. Representatives of Val Demings and the great Jim Jordan. Cut 17, go. Mr. Chairman, I want to make it quite clear that this amendment is completely irrelevant. I served as a law enforcement officer for 27 years. It is a tough job. This is the COVID-19 Hate Crimes Act. Did you know the virus is a hate crime? Go ahead. Deserve your support. You know, it's interesting to see my colleagues on the other side of the aisle support the police when it is politically convenient. All right, she goes on and on and on. The colleagues on the other side, she means all those white people. 